1998, I was invited to speak to a group of senior-level executives at Microsoft, then the fastest-growing and one of the most profitable, if not the most profitable, companies in the world. I was excited to be going, slated as I was to speak to the Microsoft Senior Executive Women's Group about the status of women in the developing world. Having just returned from the Fourth World Women's Conference in Beijing, I was eager to share what I had learned from the many reports and inspiring stories from women attending the conference. Some of those women came from countries that are impoverished and where women are subjugated beyond our imagination. On the flight from San Francisco to Seattle, Microsoft had booked me in first class, a more pampered environment than my usual coach seat. And as I looked at the comfortable seats and the well-dressed passengers filling them, I realized I was entering a rarefied world and would be speaking to women who lived and worked in that world every day. The women attending the senior lecture group series were those at the top of the company's executive levels. In an earlier briefing, I had been told that the average net worth of these women was $10 million. Their average age was 36, and most of them, more than half, had families. I realized I was traveling to the heart of a company that was on the cutting edge of global technology, and that I'd be speaking to a group who were pushing the edge of every envelope in that field, but also in their own lives as remarkably wealthy, successful women at remarkably young ages in their careers. As I thought about them during the limousine ride to the Microsoft campus, I became more and more aware of the possibility of making a meaningful difference in their lives by connecting them with the most resource-poor women in the world, a population that numbers in the hundreds of millions. I thought about what this connection might mean to both groups and how privileged I was to be a person who walked in both of those worlds. At Microsoft's sprawling corporate campus, I was escorted into an elegant office building to a conference room for an afternoon tea with a small contingent of the women who would be at the evening talk. I had asked for this smaller afternoon meeting because I wanted to know more about these women as a group and have some conversations with a few of them to learn how I could connect more easily later with the women of this unusual life and career experience. Over tea, these ten young, dynamic, and enormously confident women shared something about their home and work lives. Seven of them had husbands and children at home, and when asked to describe a sample day from their lives, they told of similar high-pressure routines. They got up early, often at 5.30 or 6 a.m., and for most of them, the only meal they had with their children was breakfast, if that. They had nannies and caretakers who lived with them. Six of the ten were married to men who also worked at Microsoft. Most of the women said they fed, tended, and dressed their children in the morning, and then either sent them off to school with the nanny or drove the children themselves and then went to work and were online by 8 a.m. Most of them took no lunch break and worked through normal dinner hours until 9 p.m. and sometimes 10 p.m. 
They came home, had a late dinner with their husbands, kissed their sleeping children goodnight, and after dinner went back online until sometimes as late as 1 a.m. The next morning, for many just a few hours later, they would begin again. Most nursed a quiet regret. Each day they promised to get home earlier, to get more sleep, to get more exercise, to do the things that were missing in their lives, and each day they failed to make any headway toward those commitments.